our town. Hello, neighbors, and welcome back to Nightmare Town. We are Betty Boom. And I'm Mandemonium. And this week we are covering... Time travel! Which Manda will be going first this week, and I'm excited because pretty much, well, first she's the one that put it in the hat. Not hat. (laughs) The verse. And secondly, I just, I don't know, I'm excited. I'm always excited. This is the greatest thing ever. But before that, I have a surprise! You have been keeping this for like a month, you said, so one, I'm pretty proud, and two, I'm pretty excited to hear it, and three, I'm just dragging out my points to (laughs) make you wait longer than you want to wait to tell me the news, because you've been waiting so long. (laughs) I don't do well with secrets, and the fact that I have had this secret for a month, and I have not told or even given a hint about is you have not and we're even like recording like specially on a day earlier in the week than we normally would just so i could finally tell you just so you could tell me um okay so do you have the thing pulled up where you can see when i send you something let me pull that up right now all right you ready Mm Hmm. new logo my computer's a little slow. Oh, oh my god! Ooh, is that who? Whose work is that? Because our that is Gary Knowlton's work. I knew it. Okay, so I didn't want to guess wrong, but I saw the banner and I was like, "That looks." Familiar. I know, right? I recognize that art style. I love it. That's so cool. So yeah, um, that might have been why I was asking you what it is that you feel mandemonium (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense i love it (laughs) but yeah so guys we have a new logo um it will probably be all over the place by the time you hear this and uh all 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 the props to gary he did a fantastic job uh he was super great to work with like we had i think like four or five meetings over this past month to talk about it that's so exciting. He did so good. He did. So we have a new logo, and I paid for it, and it is all ours. That's just awesome. Like, I signed a contract. I love collabing with people. I know! So, but yeah, that's my super awesome secret <laughs> secret that I've been holding on for a month, and like, Theo and I don't even hold on to gifts for a month, like... Basically, whenever that Amazon package arrives, it's like, do you want your present for whatever upcoming gift-giving holiday is coming? <laughs> like a month early, but you can have it now. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> like, we exchanged Valentine's Day gifts a month ago. It wasn't even the end of January yet, and I was like, this is what I got you. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I'm glad you like it. It was worth the wait for the surprise that I didn't even know was a thing because you didn't even mention it or drop it at all, which I'm very surprised about. I almost did at least seven times. <laughs> at least seven. You have it in your head. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then um, it it was one of those because it was still like concept. It wasn't tangible yet, but pretty much mm-hmm. as soon as I went over to his and Zoe's house and I... I had it on my flash drive i was like <sighs> no 
<laughs> I'm gonna tell her. I can't tell her. And we're also a week behind on recording, too. Yes, we are, due to uh, wonderful ice and snowstorms that were just messing with everyone's power and internet exactly. <laughs> for a week. Our, it was kind of nice, though. It was, it was kind of nice not having internet, because then I just read a whole bunch and caught up on some crafts. I'm pretty thankful that my internet held out for the most part, only because my job like requires that I'm on the internet for eight hours. <laughs> so... The yeah. couple times it did cut out, it was a little dodgy there, and I was like, oh no, but thankfully yeah. in my area, it wasn't too big of an issue. Our area was bad. Like, my dad lives about five minutes away from me, and he lost power for over 24 hours. Oh, that's just crazy. And then my mom's was out for eight. My eldest brother was out for 78 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they had heat in the house. Like, they had some sort of heating source but they just didn't have power and he was like it's whatever i'm like good old southern boy (laughs) but yeah anyway back on to the topic of the actual podcast this week we are covering time travel and manda it's your turn to go first so please 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 tell me your thing okay so there were about 10,000 different subjects i could have gone into on time travel because it's just something that has always interested me I'm not going to bore people with random time travel theories or anything like that because this isn't a science podcast. <laughs> could be. Uh, it could be. So instead, uh, I'm going to go into the one of the theories of time travel, which is something called time slipping. And we're just going to chat about these two British ladies that may have experienced a time slip. Oh, snap. So these two ladies, uh, in like August of 1901, they took a trip to visit Versailles in France, which, by the way, disclaimer, as usual, I wrote the some of these names and things out phonetically and like listened to them a time or two. Probably won't say I'm right. My French is terrible <laughs> but i'm gonna try but that's so, all we do that's what we do we try yeah we we try sorry if i butcher your language so yeah sorry again to the french listeners or french canadian listeners or anybody that happens to speak french probably gonna butcher these real sorry but i wrote them out phonetically i'm gonna try But so anyways, these uh, two British ladies that took this trip to Versailles in 1901 by the name of Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jordan, uh, uh, they had a very strange experience when they went on this trip. They experienced what can only be described as a time slip. (laughs) Was it aliens? Ew! wasn't aliens this time but i'll believe you you know it could have been you can't ever rule out aliens honestly with anything weird you can't bigfoot can't rule it out no was it bigfoot it was probably bigfoot (sighs) messing around in, in different times so here they are basically they're on a trip near the uh petite trianon Again, butchering these. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, I know Petite was right. Yes, <laughs> I can say Petite, but <laughs> it was a small manor house on the grounds of the Palace of Versailles. The chateau was built sometime between 1762 and 1768-ish, around there, during the reign of Louis XV, and then later Louis XVI, who gave it to his 19-year-old wife, Queen Marie Antoinette. The ladies went on a short tour around Versailles, and they kind of thought it was boring, so <laughs> they decided to instead just walk around the gardens of the castle and visit the Petit Trianon themselves without the tour guide and the party because that's like you know way more fun so the chateau is located in the park called grand trianon and the ladies came to the entrance of the park and found that it was closed so they decided to try and find their way to the petit trianon using their guidebook instead they ended up getting lost (laughs) So instead of going on the main street called Elie de de Trianon, again, so sorry, they instead um, basically entered a small alley and missed the manor house altogether, which is where they were wanting to end up. So once they were in the alley, things kind of started to get really weird. Uh, Charlotte said that she saw a woman in a nearby window that was shaking a white cloth while Eleanor noticed an abandoned farmhouse with an old plow in front of it, which I guess those things aren't truly weird on their own, but she said the woman kind of looked like dated, like the clothing she was wearing wasn't quite right for the time period they were in, 1901. Um, They also both said that they felt this overwhelming wave of just like dread kind of hit them once they entered the alleyway. Um, so they just kind of keep walking and they approach two men that appeared to be palace gardeners and asked them for directions. The men, uh, didn't say much. They just said, go straight, which. I mean, you're in an alley. You can go one of two ways. Yeah. Like, where are you going to, they going to point up? Like, just, just go up, (laughs) start climbing. Spider-Man your way through this. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, in a different report. Uh, because there's several different reports on this, of course. Uh, Charlotte kind of changed her statement a little and instead recalled the men as very dignified-looking officials dressed in long grayish-green coats with small three-cornered hats, which is an incredibly detailed description for something that she recalled later instead of them just looking like palace gardeners. She's like, no, this is specifically what they looked like. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, actually, I guess they were a lot more distinguished. Mm -hmm. So they get further down the alley. This seems like a really long alleyway from what they're describing. Um, Eleanor said she spotted an old-looking cottage with a woman and a little girl standing out front. But there was kind of something unnatural about them. It was uh, Eleanor kind of describes them as almost artificial-looking, kind of like wax sculptures. Um, So that's creepy. Charlotte said she didn't notice the cottage, but she did kind of feel like a difference in the air. Again, just kind of that dread, kind of weird feeling. Uh, There's a quote from them that says, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like wood worked in tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. 
The ladies then noticed a man in a large cloak and a, like, wide-brimmed shady hat. He was sitting near a garden kiosk, who they later thought could have possibly been a Kunta de Favreau. Uh, it's a close friend of Marie Antoinette. Okay. Uh, yeah, no idea who that lad is. They didn't really go into who he is. The only thing I know about Marie Antoinette is that, wasn't she beheaded because she liked to flirt? Pretty much, I think. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, close, close dude friend of hers. So the ladies, however, describe this guy as dreadful looking. They're quoted as saying, The man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox. His complexion was very dark. The expression was evil and yet unseeing. And though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance to going past him. So finally, the ladies reached the Petit Trianon. It was there that they noticed a lady was sitting on the grass in front of the chateau and sketching in a book. Charlotte gave a detailed description of the woman. She was wearing a light summer dress, a white hat, and had long hair. When she first saw her, she thought that she might have been a fellow tourist, but again, her appearance was somehow not exactly fit with the time. Uh, She thought that she almost looked like it could have been a young Marie Antoinette. Mm -hmm. They claim (laughs) so afterwards the ladies enter the manor and upon entering they saw like all the quote-unquote real guests and the tour guides Mm -hmm. uh so they were kind of back in their own time as it seemed just everybody had already gotten there i guess they got sidetracked you know through this Really weird, really long alleyway that has, like, a farmhouse and cottages and things <laughs> or something. Alleys don't really work that way. Alleys are kind of, you know, two buildings on either side that you walk through. Yeah, that's what I'm, like, kind of confused about. The, like, I'm not sure why they're using the term alleyway necessarily because... It sounds more like they turned down an alley and then ended up, like, walking across a path. Like, there's that one point they described crossing a bridge and all this stuff, so... Yeah. They probably just went through an alley and then there was... Yeah. They forgot to mention that they came out of the alley. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't include that tidbit, so I'm just here picturing a never-ending alley that, like, defies space, all space and time logic. (laughs) Well, it's a time slip. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know... So one could chalk this up to some kind of outrageous story that two ladies made up, and it really kind of sounds that way with the whole alleyway debacle. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the weird thing is that they kind of just never spoke about the incident until (laughs) about a week later. (laughs) They just kind of just didn't talk about it. They're like, no, it didn't happen. Yeah, so then Charlotte wrote a letter basically to Eleanor kind of recounting the event and was basically like, hey... Do you think that place was possibly haunted? So they both agreed (laughs) that it was like totally haunted. And they later on wrote two separate accounts of the event that took place. And uh, like they were pretty eerily similar for them to have not really talked too much in depth about what each of them saw at that point. Yeah. Um, They 
ended up doing some research and they happened to discover that on August 10th, 1792, in Paris, which is the same month and day as the ladies' trip, the Tuileries Palace was surrounded and the king's guard was killed. Six weeks later, the monarchy was no more. So just a random history that they stumbled on, yeah. Uh, so did they really travel back in time? Again, I don't know. There have been several explanations, such as a folladu. Folladu? <laughs> I can't words. Yes, folladu. Basically, that's like a joint delusion. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it. I know not exactly word. like deja vu, but like yeah, uh, kind of. It's it's a mis. misinterpretation of what they actually saw. And it's just a weird thing that happened to happen to both of them and they experienced it. Kind of like a lesser mandala effect, if you will. Because the mandala effect is more like a a thing that people see. Bearstein bears, bearstein bears. Yeah, and that's more like a lot of people experience that same weird mm-hmm. kind of thing, whereas this is just like two. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of like that. So, basically, the ladies eventually went back and they attempted to find the same path that they walked again, and they couldn't find it. They couldn't find the alleyway. Uh, several of the things they witnessed in their time traveling walk seemed to be gone such as an old bridge that they crossed and several buildings and other structures that were no longer present and actually hadn't existed since the late 1700s. Some of this was proven, quote-unquote, by them after viewing an old map of the grounds with some of the buildings and the bridge that they claimed to have seen. They even thought that maybe they'd stumbled across, like, a private party or, like, a weird event that day. Murder mystery box. Yeah, some kind of weird thing. So they looked up the records of like the bookings and they found that nothing had actually been booked that afternoon other than just the regular tour that they were on Hmm. and, you know, parted ways from because they thought it was boring. (laughs) Uh, So basically they chalked it up to, hey, this shit's haunted and we time traveled probably. (laughs) And then they wrote a book about it. In 1911, like roughly 10 years after the supposed time slip happened, under the names Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont, and they simply titled it An Adventure. I'm not sure why they went under, like, fake names for this book, probably because it's a little far-fetched and there was a lot of skepticism, I think, around the tale. Probably, (laughs) but also, you know, you never know when you can be burned as a witch. Yeah, that too. It was like 1901, you know. Well, 1911 when the book came out. But Still, witch burning days. You know, yeah. You want to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but so they went under fake names and just titled this book An Adventure, which I kind of want to see if I can find now because I kind of would love to read it if it's still out there. <laughs> oh, you need some research done? I do. <laughs> I uh, didn't get time to look up to see if I could find find the book at all, but I'm hoping I can find it and maybe hopefully find like an English version of it because I'm sure, you know, it was probably written. Well, no, they're actually no, just kidding. They're British ladies. They were on vacation in France in 
in French. <laughs> in, in French. In French. In Not France? words. They were on vacation in France. <laughs> Can you tell that uh, we're also recording at a later hour than we normally would? So, like... I had to wait for a little man to go to bed. <laughs> My mouth words just aren't working. <laughs> Otherwise, he would be in here being like, Hey, this one time during when I was playing Roblox, I fucking hate Roblox. <laughs> I hate them so much. And Minecraft is almost as bad as Roblox now. Like, I st- he's not allowed to play Roblox anymore, and so now he's playing Minecraft, and we let him get on a server, and then I'm like, mm, I think you're just going to play old school Minecraft. The last experience I had playing Minecraft was when I worked at basically like a summer camp kind of thing, and we were on like our own private server, and we would like the group of kids would play and then like two like third grade boys ended up writing the word penis on like a bunch of signs around and so then of course I saw it and had to be the adult and be like hey (laughs) we can't do this and so then they got booted and then they kind of shut down Minecraft for a while at our place of work (laughs) because they were like well crap (laughs) all right so, yeah, basically that's all I've got, just about those ladies and their time-traveling adventure, as they called it. Uh, I mean, it would have been an adventure. Would have liked a little bit more tangible proof. Yeah, but. and I guess they were they kept going kind of back and forth between it's haunted, paranormal, we just saw ghosts, to we actually legitimately traveled back in time and saw these things. Still could have been an alien abduction or Bigfoot, but whatever. Yeah. It's always Bigfoot. Yeah. Always. He, I mean, he's behind everything, really, honestly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so I got my sources this time from Wikipedia, a uh, bustle article, and let me double check to make sure that's right. The VintageNews.com. Ooh, I like them. Yeah. Uh, that's my first time really stumbling upon that website, but it was very interesting. They had, like, all these, like, pictures and everything to go with it. It was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they had pictures of the I'll ladies. Have to give and, that a gander. And the location. But, yeah. So, that's all for my time traveling, allegedly, story. What have you got? Allegedly. Um... Well, we're going to take a quick break here in a second, but before we do that, I just want to do a very quick Friendship Power Hour. We don't actually have a promo this week, but I would like to encourage everyone to go over and listen to Nerd It Through the Grapevine. Um, They actually talk about the Mandela Effect a lot. Ooh, really? I'm going to have to go give that a listen. That's like one of my favorite things to read about. So, yeah, their latest episode, I think they were talking about the game of, not the one that came out this week, but the one before that. Uh, They were talking about Monopoly. And did you know that the Monopoly guy does Does not not have a monocle, even though I swear he has a monocle? He's never had one, apparently. But no, like, that's, again, the Mandela effect. So, but yeah, go listen to Nerd It Through the Grapevine. And if you like spooky stuff... And you want it to be a little bit more consistent than what we do, I would suggest you go listen to Haunter. I barely know her. They're on such a tight schedule, and I love it. They are so good at They're it, great. too. And then, if you want a little bit more true crime, which I know I cover sometimes, there's uh, our new friends, Sheer Crime. So, we covered them in a promo last episode. 
and those gals are pretty awesome. They come out on Wednesdays, and I enjoy them. These are all also all three podcasts that come out consistently throughout the week. So you have Nerd It Through the Grapevine on Mondays, Sheer Crime on Wednesdays, and Haunter I Barely Know Her on Fridays. And then us. And then us. Every other Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Mostly. We try. We've been pretty consistent lately, save for this power outage thing recently. It was the damn weather. We had a good streak going. We I did. appreciate our efforts. But anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back from our quick break. Hopefully you guys did not leave us to go check out our super awesome friends, but if you did, I understand. It's okay. They're pretty darn cool. Yeah. So long as you came back to us, it's fine. Yeah, because now it's my turn. And in true Nightmare Town fashion, Amanda and I have switched, and I am not doing a deep dive onto some random conspiracy theory. <laughs> you don't have extensive notes like I had this time. I and normally, don't have extensive notes. Normally I'm the one that kind of freeballs it here. It just <laughs> So... I actually have a creepypasta. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> I thought so. I'm all full of surprises this episode. The two women looked across the small room facing each other, neither speaking. They weren't necessarily staring, just looking and waiting for the other to speak. Finally, after they had spent half of their allotted time sitting in silence, the smaller woman behind the desk gave a small sigh. <sighs> So what brings you in today, Mrs. McConnell? Mrs. McConnell jumped slightly at the sudden breaking of silence. She cleared her throat, pushed dull, limp black hair behind her ears, and let out a shaky breath. I think I'm going crazy. Her therapist remained silent, waiting for her to continue. Another shaky breath, and she finally started talking. I have three children, she began. Two boys, and my youngest is a little girl. The therapist gave a nod, taking notes on a pad of paper in front of her. Mrs. McConnell watched her writing, and only briefly wondered if the woman before her would even believe what she was about to tell her. She cleared her throat again, this time taking a sip of the water that had been given to her when she entered the office. She continued, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so my days are pretty routine. Wake up, make breakfast, wake the kids, eat get them ready for school. We live so close to their school that I walk I walk them to and from every day. Unless it's raining or cold out, of course, then I drive them. She was rambling, she knew. She just didn't know how to say what it was that she needed to say. She needed to tell someone what was happening, but was afraid to tell anyone. She certainly couldn't tell her husband or friends. They would have her committed. Mrs. McConnell took another sip of water. So, like I said, routine. I love my children, and I have dedicated my life to them. I wake them up every morning, and I know I shouldn't say this, but my youngest, my little girl, is my favorite to wake up, she said with a half-smile pulling at the edge of her mouth. Every morning, I wake her brothers up first. They share a room next to her, and she's a light sleeper, so she hears me go in there. So she pretends to stay asleep, but rolls over on her belly, so when I come into her room, I can give her back scratches to wake her up. Then she rolls over with a big smile and says, Good morning, Mommy! Before bounding out of bed to give me a hug. Every morning, she is like a beam of sunshine. 
The therapist continued to nod and take notes, listening to the once silent woman find her stride and continue with her story. That all changed about a month ago. It was a normal Monday morning. I got up, did my routine, then I went to wake the kids for the day. My boys are always a little grumpy at first. I have a suspicion that they stay up late talking after I put them to bed, but I've never managed to catch them doing it. So I got them up and I went into Sis's room, expecting her to be on her tummy like always, but she wasn't. She was sitting up in bed, looking at her little arms and running her little hand through her long hair. When I entered, she looked at me with a face I could only describe as panic. It was like it took her a while to recognize me. Then instead of her normal greeting, she said, Mom, what's going on? Mom, not mommy. She's, she's only six and she's never called me mom. She sounded, well, she sounded grown up. Even her voice sounded deeper. Then before I could say anything, she jumped out of bed, stumbled like she thought she would be closer to the ground, then ran over to her dress up mirror and just stared at herself in it. There was this look of horror on her face as she just stared at herself. She started touching her hair, face, arms, examining her skin like she was looking for something. She grabbed the front of her nightgown and pulled it away, looking down like she was expecting to see breasts. Then she looked at me and just said, what the fuck? That snapped me out of it. We don't curse in our house, so I have no idea where she would have heard such a foul word. So I scolded her. I said, Millie Jane McConnell, just who do you think you're talking to? And she squared her little shoulders and tilted her head back and said, Don't talk to me like I'm a child, mother. So I get a bit huffy and told her I was talking to my daughter, and if she didn't want to get in trouble, she better straighten up and start getting ready for school. Then she looked so confused, but I had had enough of her attitude, and I started getting her clothes out for her. Again, like normal. When all of a sudden she goes, Oh, I'm not wearing that. And I was shocked. I was holding her favorite outfit. It's so cute, Doctor. It's a baby pink top with Minnie Mouse on the tummy with matching pink and white striped ruffle pants. Millie has never been a difficult child, so this was completely out of left field. We argued about it, then we argued about what she would have for breakfast. Can you believe that child refused to eat and said she only wanted coffee? I think I mentioned that she was sick, so coffee for breakfast is just completely out of the question. Then after that, she argued about going to school for the in the first place, stating that she was too old for first grade. And that was just the start of the trouble. By this time, Mrs. McConnell was on a roll, just letting all the things that had been bothering her out without even noticing if the doctor was listening. And damn, did it feel good. She had been holding all this in for a month now. Once she had finally stopped her little timber tantrum and I got her to school, then a whole new problem cropped up. About lunchtime, I got a call from her teacher asking if she could see me when I came to pick up the kids, so of course I was concerned for the rest of the day. Time finally rolled around for me to head over there. I went to Miss Jamie's room, that's Millie's teacher, and Millie was sitting in the reading corner with a book about as big as she was. She glanced up at me and then went right back to reading. Well, I guess she was reading. She is... was... A little behind the rest of her class when it came to reading and writing so it really surprised me to see her with that big book it didn't look like the kind of book to have many pictures in it if any so i sat down with miss jamie and she jumped 
right into asking me if Millie had been acting strange during the weekend or if we'd gotten her a tutor. When I asked her why, she said that all day Millie had been acting, hadn't been acting like herself. She wasn't talking as much and keeping to herself and that she had complained about how easy the classwork was before going on ahead and completing her workbooks. All of them. For the whole year. Oh. They're, they're already done. And not only had she finished them, but she had done all of them in cursive. Her brothers can't even write in cursive yet. Miss Jamie was thrilled with the sudden change and wanted to know what had brought it on. To say I was shocked was an understatement. Millie had been struggling in school, so it was a big deal. I told Miss Jamie that I had no clue either, and she told me that whatever it was to keep it up, and that she was going to talk to the principal to see about getting Millie tested so she could skip ahead to the second grade. Then Millie spoke up from her corner. She said, I can't skip ahead. I have to stay here in case she comes back. It was an odd statement, but she wouldn't elaborate when we asked her. So I got the kids home. Homework started, dinner started. Then I told Millie I wanted to talk to her. We went to her room, and she plopped down on her bed, and then goes, Okay, Mom, what do you want to know? Again, with the mom crap. So I go, When did you start calling me Mom instead of Mommy? She thought for a moment and said, When I was about ten, I think. Which made me laugh, so I said, Well, honey, that isn't for another four years. She looked me dead in the eyes and said, I know, but I'm older than that now, so why pretend I'm not? Mrs. McConnell got lost in the memory. Older than ten, Millie, you're only six. No, Mom, I haven't been six in a long, long time. Well, then, Missy, just how old are you, then? I'll be 31 next month. I just stood there and lost for words while she rambled. I'm married. I have a stepson and a little girl of my own. They're 12 and 2. We rent right now, but we're in the market for a house. My car is paid for. I like my job, but I'm also in school for a BA in communications. I have a dog. She trailed off for a bit before she started to tear up, and I've lost them all. Because I'm here, and they're not, and I don't know how I got here, and I just woke up, and I was here. Mrs. McConnell got quiet as she sat in the small therapist's office. Her therapist looked up from her notepad to the clock behind her patient. Well, Mrs. McConnell, um, that is about all the time we have today. We can pick this back up next week, but I think we've made some good progress. If you just speak to the receptionist out in the waiting area, she'll be able to set up your next appointment. Mrs. McConnell's head shot up. What? No, I need help today. My six-year-old is acting and, from all I can tell, believes she's a 31-year-old woman. She keeps telling me things that are going to happen, and some of them have come true. Last week, she told us that we needed to fix the latch on the back gate because our dog was going to get out and get hit by a car, and it happened. She has told me about disasters that are on the way. What am I supposed to do with that? She was becoming frantic. I'm sorry, Mrs. McConnell. But I don't do children's therapy, but if you'd like, I can refer you to a specialist I know. Mrs. McConnell left the office and went to pick her children up from school. Her boys ran out to the van, smiling and waving, just like little boys do, but her daughter, 
Her once bright, smiling, happy-go-lucky little girl walked at a slow pace with a maturity well beyond her years. Once they were all buckled up and ready to go, they made the small drive to home. She noticed that while the boys talked over each other about their day, Millie sat quietly. Every now and then, they would make eye contact in the mirror. When they arrived home and the boys had started their homework, Millie made herself a cup of tea and sat watching her mother make dinner. I told you they wouldn't believe you. The end. What? <laughs> it just ends there? Just ends there. Also, written by me. Oh my god! It was so good! Thank you! Don't look at my face, I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, I love it! You finally sprang a creepypasta on us! I did. I haven't wrote anything in a very long time, and I was like, it's time. It's time. You're just full of surprises this this week, aren't you? This episode. Yeah. That's awesome. This is my surprise episode. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. So there are no sources this week for me, because the source is me. Came from your brain. It did. Also, me sitting there and being like, Theo, does this sound okay? Does this sound okay? I thought it sounded awesome. I was pulled in. In the the, the voice acting, I gotta say, you, you had the character of the worried mom down. <laughs> I hope so. She's based off of my mama. <laughs> Are you implying that you time traveled <laughs> back to no your comment. sister self? No comment. Uh, my, uh, family thinks I might be a time-traveling vampire. Say what now? I think okay. I've actually posted the picture on the pod, uh, on the podcast's Facebook before. You might have, but it's one of those, like, if you're a time-traveling vampire, you have to tell me before we started the podcast, and you didn't, so. <laughs> well, maybe I wanted to keep a surprise to myself, too. <laughs> No, uh, I want to say I've mentioned it before, but it's just this, like, really old photo from some, like, distant, distant relative. Like, we don't even know who it is that's on my dad's mm-hmm. side. Uh, and it's just this photo of this woman in, like, a basketball uniform or something. But mm-hmm. holding it up next to, like, me, but especially up next to my senior portrait where I have really short black hair. Like, yeah. the resemblance is uncanny, and it's kind of terrifying, and, like, low-key, we think, like, <laughs> like I'm, like, a time traveler or something. I don't know. It's it's really creepy, the, like, just... Well, you're going to have to post it again. I will. I'll, uh, I'll send you the picture momentarily, okay. because it is just really bizarre. Like, everybody in my family is, like... Keeps it on their phones and periodically during awkward pauses and conversations will be like, hey, check out this picture of my kid or hey, check out this picture of my, my, my relative. Look at this. Isn't that shit weird? It's so creepy. They <laughs> use it as an icebreaker. Yeah, we use things like that as icebreakers. I love your family. So much guys well that is actually all that we have this week oh snap it's my turn to draw from the knot hat Ooh, draw from the knot hat i gotta pull up the knot hat because i forgot it was my turn
Okay, guys. Well, if you have your own ideas or stories for the hat, go ahead and hit us up at nightmaretown18 at gmail.com over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Still working on Reddit stuff, but we'll figure that out later. Um, and then also, if you... Oh, that is creepy. Right? Also, <laughs> Sorry. if you could do us a... You know, you're fine. If you guys can do us a favor and go over to wherever you are listening to us on, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like, follow, review, that would really help us out a lot. And it would also help, you know, get things... It helps people find us. New people find us. But yeah, that would be super awesome. Our next episode is... Middlemen. Hmm. That's a thinker. It is. Alright. Well, anyway, guys, I guess we're going to get off here. But... Until next time. Tell us a story. Bye!